Zane Lowe, Apple Music. What's good? This is the Zane Lowe interview series. I'm Eddie Francis. Zane will be back next week, but in the meantime, wanted to bring you his conversation with Fallout Boy. Their eighth album, So Much for Stardust, came out in March, and Zane sat down with Patrick Stump and Pete Wentz to talk about the project. Enjoy this conversation and take a listen to the album for the full experience. Is there a future for Fallout Boy at any given time, even when we don't see you around? We hope so, and we assume you love each other and there's endless creative opportunities, but does the future lead to a place like this? I would never assume that. Not because I don't think you're good enough or that you don't want it, but man, life is funny, you know? Sometimes we just lose the edge or sometimes we get confused or life takes over and we mature and we've seen it. What I'm not used to is a band like you being around for as long as you have making the album that sounds like your first best album ever. Dang, man, thank you. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sounds like the first time you got it right. Thanks. That's awesome. It's crazy. I was watching, uh, before we started working on the record, I was watching um, some kind of monster. And it's some. <laughs> You're welcome, by the way. Did you like my cameo in it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do a great in it. Me with hair, right? Me with hair. I had hair. That's, That's when we met you. You had that hair. I had that hair. Yeah. Somehow in my head, I always thought that they were like a band for like 30 or 40 years. I don't really know why, I, but I was like, oh, we've been a band the same length that they were a band when they shot this, yeah. which is just a really weird mirror to like kind of like look into and like yeah and think about the because kind of what you were saying you know the thing about you know do they get along it's it's a there's so many things that have to line up you know for for a band to make a record at this point let alone a good one you know um you have every reason not to really yeah and and you know you kind of expect it you know when i i told my parents 20 years ago 22 years ago that I was going to take a semester off, you know, and, and see what the band thing did. And that was it, you know? And, and so, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy to still, I'm pitching a reality show where he goes back to school. <laughs> it's going to be immediately great. after this so the semester <laughs> is over. <laughs> it's a great idea. Actually, I'm trying to poke holes in it. It's pretty fail safe. <laughs> what, what college were you at? Uh, I wasn't, I was, uh, this was, I was, my, my mom was basically like, uh, I'm not subsidized, you know, like you got to get a job or do something. I'm not going to. Great parent, great parental you know, advice. And she's like, so, you know, go to college. I'll, I'll help with that. But if you're not going to college, you know, you're on your own. You're, you're on your own. I graduated high school and we did our first tour like two weeks later. Was our was our was a great tour? It was a, it was illustrious. <laughs> it was you know a legendary I mean? tour. Yeah, so it was a fucking terrible tour. And nobody showed up and whatever. But you knew. Yeah, you knew. We had big ambitions, way way larger than we should have had. Based on what? Ah, oh, man, it, there was definitely. I mean, Chicago is not like you know waking up in the winter and it's like. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, totally. So where's it coming from? Getting dig out your car. Yeah. You know, you're like. I always knew that like. When Patrick sang the first time, I was like, this is very special. And I was like, if we can craft something around this, it will be very special. And to me, I would liken it to watching, and I can say this because I'm not Patrick, obviously, but like you're when watching kind of like a, a, a great basketball player in high school or something. You like, you know, it's there. You just got to kind of build it around them. You know what I mean? Did you know at the time that you were going to be so instrumental in helping to unlock that with the words? Uh, No. No, because we weren't. That's we didn't even do that at first. I was trying to. I I wanted to write songs. That was the whole thing. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know anything about singing. I didn't care about singing. It was just one of those things where it was a means to an end. I I was showing them my songs, and they're like, "Oh, well, you, do you want to sing?" I'm like, "Yeah, but what, what do you think of the song?" You know, that was the thing. And so, and I didn't really even care about my lyrics, and that was, I think, obvious. <laughs> and and Pete was like, Can, "Maybe I maybe maybe I should do this part." <laughs> so interesting. It's so interesting. And this is a. And also, we, we are going to talk about Annie and Joe, because they're playing on this album is just out of out of their skin. But um, but but the dynamic between the two of you has been we've experienced it before. You know, we've experienced it before. Great writers and great singers come together. You know, obviously, most famously and notably Elton and Bernie, and this idea of of having separation to be able to collect your thoughts, having separation to absorb those thoughts and then bring emotional performance and, and, and resonance to it is it's rare, but when, when you get it right, something magic about that separation. It's really blind luck to, to find that person, you know, to find somebody that you write with like that. And when you do, it's like, it's, it's amazing because there's a, cause like I said, the whole point for me was I wanted to write songs. That was the, I like composing. I like composing music. 
I'm not one of those people that keeps a journal and has like all of these deep thoughts that I want to share with the world. I, I have to make music. And, um, and there's something about when Pete sends me words, it's like Christmas morning, you know, and I open them up and it's like, I don't even write. I'm just reading them and I just, and this, and it writes itself. I did the same you know? thing when I got the lyrics sent through at the same time as the music, I read Mm. the first two songs before I even listened to mm. the music. I don't think I've ever done that. Oh, wow, that's cool. And I and so I read the words to Love From The Other Side before I played it. And I almost texted you. In fact, I think I saved the text that I didn't send because I wanted to show that I almost <laughs> texted you. Yeah. Just saying, dude, I mean, I haven't even heard this music yet. And I just want to say lyrically, like, you've just outdone yourself. Oh, that's really sweet. In terms of what you captured. And then I pressed play. <laughs> and I was like, me like the whole band is doing that everybody is stepping up so my question is we as we fast forward to right now the most important thing this moment right here what do you put that down to i mean honestly for me personally coming out of the pandemic um and just being quarantined or with my family it's like if we're gonna do this and like I, if I'm going to leave again, yeah, if I'm going to leave again and if we're going to go, cause I was like really nervous about leaving and really, I didn't want to leave my family. We got like way tighter and stuff like that. I was like, it's gotta be for me, at least it's gotta be with purpose. Like it can't just be like this is my big job show here. Yeah. It just didn't. F- yeah. It, it couldn't be that anymore to me. By the way, it's a great job and you can continue it <laughs> because what you've achieved before will con- will keep you in, in employment. But it's to your point, it's, it gets less and less inspiring by the day. Yeah. It's not like the dream you signed up for. You know, you want to do it for the reasons, you know, like you, anybody who loves the thing that they do, their craft, you want to do it for the reason you originally loved, you know? And you, it's great actually to me to have these moments where you can like reorganize your, the, the apartment of your mind or whatever. You're like, you're like, oh, shit. like I'm not doing this because like I've just started doing this because like I did it every day. And it's like, I always turn left. I always, now my neural pattern is I do this. And yeah. it's like, why? You know what I mean? Like life is short and long. So it's <sighs> a big question at, at, at our age. Why, man? Why? Well, and that was, and the why, you know, it's funny. That was that. unfair of me to include you in my age bracket, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Up there. <laughs> the, um, it, it's funny thinking about the why and, and, and kind of what you're saying, the, the getting out there. There's a, there's a, um, there's an element that, you know, people would ask me about, Foley, which was a weird record that we did that, you know, it's, it's, it's either it's a love or hate it record, you know, some people love that record, some people don't. And, and people will ask me like, what did you do? Why is that one different? There was a feeling that I kind of wanted to get, I, I, not, I don't want it to sound anything like that record, but I wanted to get back to this feeling that we had when we were making it, which was like, I don't know how much longer this will last. You know what I mean? Like, like when we did that record, you know, the emo thing had had this zeitgeist explosion moment and we got like swept up in it. And, but then it's like, but I don't know if this is still going to, I don't know if we're going to be pop stars tomorrow. So this is the last time I can guarantee that someone's going to front the bill for me to hire orchestra, you know, like whatever. And, And so there was an urgency of like, kind of just wanting to get your idea on tape because who knows, you know, I knew, you know, again, growing up in Chicago or whatever, most of the bands that I knew from around there that had, you know, they had the major label record, you know, it, it maybe had a hit and then they maybe kind of fell off or whatever. Like that's, that's what I was used to. So I expected that. So I was like, it was like the last, this might be the last record I ever make. <laughs> it's, it's so funny you talk about this because this really is at the heart of the psychology behind the, the, the artist and the relationship you have with your own, with your own existence, which is that there's a system in place, which just by the very nature of, of, of introducing an idea of like, you're signed, you're dropped, <laughs> creates an anxiety and an insecurity in your psychology, which means that even after all the hits and all the tickets and the fact that Fallout Boy, even if you didn't make this incredible, groundbreaking, amazing, massive album, or already a legacy band, you're still wondering whether or not you're going to be <laughs> fired. And it's f***ed up. But I mean, it's like kind of the similar to like when I'm, I'll be, you know, I play fantasy football and I'm like, oh, like Derrick Henry, they're like, you know, who's maybe the top five running backs, you know, of our modern times. Like they'll be like trash, trash, trash. And then he take, and then he 
you know what I mean? Like it's like it's so fickle. You know what I mean? It's like the the the, the feeling is so. In athletics, it's different because your body will eventually decide for you. Yeah. Whereas in the arts, no one could tell Bowie mm. you're done. Mm. I mean, and and I thought of Bowie just now because you talk about this might be the last chance I get to for someone to pay for me to experiment like this. Bowie didn't think that way, but he had a similar feeling, I guess, toward the end of his life, which which was, if this is nearing its end, I'm going to make a abstract, freewheeling, modern jazz, crazy album. Mm. I'm going to do something on Broadway. I'm going to do all these things. Well, because that's the thing is that like hits are great. Hits are fun. Hits are fun because because people resonate with something you did. That's a really rewarding feeling when you write a song and people love it. But you don't know what a hit is. Everybody thinks they do and everybody thinks they know how to like make one, but no one does. Everybody just kind of everybody just kind of bumbles through it. And when you chase a hit, you make garbage, right? Like it's when it's most of the stuff that you most of the stuff that really hits is the stuff when you're just feeling inspired or whatever and you're just having, you know, like I, it's weird, and I can say that now after having written a bunch of songs, be like, "That's a hit," and you're like, "Oh, that's not that's that didn't make the record," <laughs> you know, like whatever. And um, and you know, so it becomes this thing where you're like, you kind of have to make something just to express yourself. And and like I said, I don't have that um that that propulsion. I I'm. I'm a, I'm like a clockmaker or something. Like I need someone needs to buy the clock. Someone needs to order the clock, and then I will make that thing. But if you but if Pete doesn't send me lyrics, I don't write a song. You know, and so I you know I sat around for years waiting for these lyrics. You know, I was just building up like, please send me something. Please send me something this good. You know, like something I can. You know, and then he and then he sends these words, and you're like, you know. I mean, I had a friend though. I think you know, kind of when the rock music kind of re-entered the mainstream, and there's these festivals and I had a friend who was like you guys need to make sugar we're going down part two and this person is pretty much almost always wrong like uh gut feeling wrong and I was like <laughs> that is exactly what we need I love how you have a friend who has the, who the, the wrong, worst instincts the wrong, of anyone always you turns know. wrong yeah it's great I think we all have that friend dude it's a real test of friendship but it's a beautiful friendship totally <laughs> and you need to keep him around it's like a canary in a coal mine like you, you, you check you know what I mean you check you and when this friend says this to you and you know their instincts are totally off do they know that you think their instincts are totally no, off man, that's not like, at all because I, you, keep them, I keep them so you in, go, employed yeah. in the friendship so, I'm so like you, so you know that's the first single okay cut that record cut that song it's not on the record interesting so you say Joe, I oh, know it's not Joe. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> that would be amazing. No, but you say, dude, that's a great idea. Just, be, but you know, it's a terrible yeah. idea. I, I kind of like, yeah, 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 totally. And I think even beyond that, I've had people come up to me, you know, in the airport or something, and they'll say stuff like, "I grew up with you guys," like, you know, like save rock and roll and i'm like you grew up with a, like what <laughs> so that's like yeah. just like happened. i feel like i felt old when we made that you know yeah, like yeah. it's and or someone will be like andy hurley like i play drums because of andy hurley i'm like the dude that i like met you know like who, we were drawing snakes around each other's necks with magic mark like that you but like time does that Wait, you don't what yeah i know it's like it's so stupid we're drawing fake tattoos you're doing like tattoos, and, and yeah. you, you chose to draw snakes around each other's neck that's yeah amazing. it's so weird yeah i don't know if you know the snakes are cool <laughs> yeah, especially around the neck yeah. <laughs> so stupid but it's like you know james bond or metallica like the people have all these different inception points so you can't just make a full throwback thing you know and yeah. I, I think patrick had originally wanted to work with neil avron who'd done our first two big records and yeah I was like a little nervous about it and I called Why? Neil. Why? I just didn't want to like I I think to me personally there's a real danger to when guys who have like swimming pools or something try to go and make a throwback record it often sounds like guys who have like swimming pools making a throwback <laughs> record. You know what I mean? To me. And so I just didn't want to do that and I reached out to Neil and Neil was like I'm into it. We cannot make old fallout boy and i was like i'm in i can't believe this is the first thing it was like magical that that was the first thing he said to me yeah well the thing was that because i think you know there's a there's a anxiety about working with a producer because there's what they do but there's also what you do with them you know what i mean like the, a producer sounds you know a producer imparts a certain sound on your on your thing but there's also you you know you 
deliver something to them. And I think there was a fear that, you know, that I was going to show up and do, and, you know, just, just because of the comfort of it, be like, you know, oh, I'm going to do a, you know, pop punk record or something. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, <laughs> exactly. Um, that was my impression yeah, of like 2000. Yeah, 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 it was good. I liked it. Um, you know, I think that was a, that was a fairly valid concern that I could fall back into that. But I had this, I had been, it's funny. I was thinking about how Neil has changed and grown since he worked with us last, you know, I mean, he's, he's like a, like multi Grammy winning, you know, mixer for Broadway stuff. And, and, you know, and he's, and he's ma- and mixed and mastered all these big, he grew like, heavy as far records. away from where you yeah, were, exactly. you grew yeah. far, as far and away. And also from like exactly. when he originally was producing us, it was literally like, he was our dad on the West Coast and was like, listen, you guys, you guys all get along. Everybody will be friends after this yeah. recording, you know, like it's, yeah. it was just, you know. And so I, I kind of had this hunch and I, I was like, we got to go to Neil because, because I had this hunch that like, whatever we bring him, he will, he will do well. So it's a matter of what we, we have to bring him the right stuff, but he's. I'll make a confession. Patrick's the guy, the gut. He's the gut guy. He's the gut guy. You're telling us all that like we don't know that. Yeah, it's obvious. Here's the truth, Pete. Everybody yeah. knows you're an OCD anxiety yeah. guy. I'm not. I, I, takes one to know one, bro. We're the overthinkers. Yeah. Such an overthinker. But yeah. uh, one of the things about uh, working with Neil, um, the first thing he said to me, uh, I called him. So, so uh, this little little you know, inside baseball, now outside baseball. Uh, I was, I was, uh, I got COVID and I was sitting in a hotel, I was quarantined and I had nothing to do. And I'm sitting there. Were you, were you, is this when you were watching the Green Day play the show across the car park in the stadium? He was supposed to be playing that night. Oh yeah. yeah. It was <laughs> maddening. Yep. I, it's maddening. Which si- city was that? It was in DC. So I'm sitting there in DC and I'm looking over the We would ride on a COVID, like a sick bus. We'd get <laughs> yeah, on with yeah, our, our gloves right. on and masks. Yeah. And yes. I like, we like triple mask to get in and out and stuff. And, and like when you walk on it's like doom music no it was terrifying it was it was off and covid was horrible horrible and, and so i'm sitting there miserable and watching this show that that we should be playing because that was that was the one like you said it's like literally overlooking the show so i'm like mm. this is miserable I'm, I'm i have a pizza that i can't taste and i'm like and i call neil and i was like hey you want to do the, do a record and he's like you know and and he had so many concerns and the first thing he said to me and, I, and this stuck with me was he's like what are you writing about mm. He didn't care at all about the sound. He didn't care because he because we've worked together enough. He knows like we'll figure out the sound. We'll yeah. figure out we'll figure out how to make it sound good. He's like, what is Fall Out Boy writing about? And you were like, hello reception. Could you put me through to room four hundred six? Wins. Pete wins. That's his problem. Exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> what name is this guy staying under again? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mister I don't know. Yeah. I Irving don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but that's but, a great question and it's actually yeah. a rare question because most producers and to your point people who work in the sonic l- landscape would go man where are we going to take this musically and mix wise and oh, so much has changed since we last worked together to take it back to the most important question that anyone should ask themselves before they make music with words that's the most important question yeah and, and it was it was again that why everything went back to why which i loved i loved that everybody at every point in this joe um frankly was kind of like hesitant to do a record and he's like and i and i was like well, what 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 are you hesitant about he's like well i i, I want to make something that we like savor i want to make something that like we go in and we and we really spend the time you know it, it's one of those things where technology it's amazing how fast you can make a record now and it's glorious and sometimes it's so spontaneous and amazing and you leave the studio like that was crazy we've written songs before you know and, and recorded them in the span of an hour and been like that was uh, that was incredible but there is something about the like you know like like an old like your grandmother making dumplings or something and you know everyone's just made lovingly or whatever like like joe was like that was his condition of making a record and i'm like yeah okay totally like i like make a record where we spend you know we spend days on my chew your you know? food <laughs> yeah exactly you know chew your food like i get it and it and you've done it and it's um the, the scale of ambition on this album, and by the way, Neil was right, because the way it sounds is f- awesome. Like the subs and the drums and the way that everything fits together is so modern and brilliant. Um, it takes what you promised in the beginning, like I said, and takes all the experience and sort That's of connects cool. the two points. That's awesome. Um, but it's, it's hugely grand 
in terms of its ambition, its track listing, the messages, what you're trying to say, everything is connected. It's, dare I say, my friends, a bit of a rock opera. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah. What were you writing about at that time? And what what are we listening to? What are the overarching themes? I mean, we're streaming the apocalypse. We're on the verge of some massive change. Yeah. I mean, to me, uh, every September I get like a weird gut feeling about mortality and the way the world like my place in the world and my um my therapist was like it's it's matriculation so you don't really feel it on january 1st you feel it when like everybody starts school again and the year starts again and i was like i'm like my dad's age like when he was when i thought he had it all figured out and like yeah. my parents are starting to look like my grandparents and my kids are like the age that i, I was you know and this is just i guess how the world goes on but i was thinking about it in terms of and we sampled him, but I was thinking about it in terms of Ethan Hawke's speech in Reality Bites, where he talks about this pink seashell and how he, his dad, you know, he never really knew his dad and his dad gave him the pink seashell and he went there, there's all the answers in the universe. And he goes, I guess there's no answers. So there's this kind of like mm-hmm. the idea that there nothing matters. You know what I mean? Like none of it matters. And, and that was a weird message for me. Like I was like, I can't, I don't think we can bake that into the whole record because I've heard records like that. That's been said before, but then I was watching uh field of dreams. And in that he, he makes a similar reference where he's like, he's like, my dad was an old man before I even got to know who he was. And he was, he was just already old and I never did one. He never did one crazy thing. So the reason he went out and built the field in the grass is because he was doing a crazy thing. Cause that's what breaks you out of the pink seashell thing, yeah, you yeah, know, like, and yeah. we all should be doing stuff like that. Like turn left when you think you should turn right, you know, like, and, and to me in ways, a lot of this record was, and a lot of like Patrick, a lot of Patrick's job with me beyond words is like interpreting because I, you know, like I must've eaten too many, um, like, like lead paint when I was a kid or something like all my stuff is like a little bit off, you know, like how I see movies and how I hear music. It's all like a little not correct. So I'll tell Patrick, I'm like, what if it was like this mixed with this? And like anyone else on the planet would be like, that makes zero sense. You're not speaking like an artist. You don't know what you're talking, you know? And, but Patrick's like, Oh, do you mean this? And I'm like, eh, exactly. And then he, the next iteration is exactly what I meant. Yeah. It's, and it's kind of, it gets to this kind of twin speak thing where like now now I understand his thing enough where so I was talking about this someone was asking me about this like because you know they're like well so when you when you use his words you you use all the words he sends like I'm like it's hard to it's really hard to describe the way Pete writes because it's like living in his brain for a minute like there's, it's not really like it's not linear at it's all. not linear it's not like he doesn't sit down and write songs he just writes thoughts and you find all these thoughts and then so, so a lot of times I'm taking hold, you know, stanzas or whatever, but then sometimes I have to move things around and every so often I have to, I have to add some connective tissue, you know, a couple words here and he knows every, it's weird because you don't remember. It's the weird, it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. He doesn't know which, which words he wrote and does and didn't write. But every time he's like, if you add a non-Pete word, he's like, I got to change that. I don't want to remember that. And, <laughs> and it's like, and, and, uh, totally totally but, I'm, right. but I'm talking like thes and ands, like he, like every, everything, there's a feeling. And so it's weird because now because I have, it doesn't fit into your idea of what, of what the, of what the poetic, the poetic yes. result is. Yes. Right. It, it's too connective. Yes. And there's, cer- yes. Is that totally, right? Yeah. A hundred percent. And there's certain words that just don't make sense to fall out boy. And there's certain words that and just don't make sense to me. He doesn't like, say. So, so now it's one of those things where now I, I've gotten better at it where w- with connective stuff, I'm like, I'm like, how do use I do it, this? It, this is, this is how Pete would say that. You know, like, it, was, it was like back in the day, it was like, Patrick's like, what's the difference between cry and weep? I will kill you. Like this, they're the oh, same yeah. thing. I'm going to kill you yeah, right so, now. <laughs> so this was back when I would try to write the lyrics. Um, we would get into these, these arguments because I, I was all about the aesthetic. The, the, I really like alliteration. I really like the the sound of words. I like you know chewing on words and the way that the rhythm flows and all those things. So the the sound of it is very very important to me. And and I would have you know this this line where you know every you know with the again the alliteration and the rhythm and everything was locked. And Pete would be like, no, you got to change that one word. And I'm like. And, and and you would submit like you'd be like change this one word to forty words yes and <laughs> lots of times yeah and and, uh, and I'd be like I have the opposite I don't really care at all about how it sounds you yeah. know what I mean I do, or like uh, the phrasing doesn't really matter to me you know so like those two things are always at odds with each other so it's it, but it's interesting because the the odds that you you're both perfectly describing 
are so integral to what makes Fallout Boy exciting. Mm. Because your desire to create linear flow and your desire to completely reverse engineer a statement or a word or a feeling and over describe it is the reason why my songs know what you did in the dark. It's the reason why, you know, the scene is seen, it's seen it's a goddamn arms race. Totally. It's the reason why these statements become mantras that people tattoo on their fucking body because no one else thought of them. And you, and this gets back to you now, man, you sing them and I'm just going to say it, man. I don't think there's anyone on the planet who could have, have actually performed over this music mm. on mm. this album. It would have swallowed everybody up eventually. Agreed. By by song seven or song eight, it just would have swallowed everybody up. And you just f- dominate it, man. I don't know how you do it, but you just <laughs> but you just somehow they can't throw enough at you. I I don't know. Do you know what I mean, Pete? Yeah, a hundred percent. And and on that level, I do think it's like a, like an athletic thing. He just do, he's able to just do it. He yeah, like everyone just, else is in the locker room, and he's still running yeah, plays. Totally, he steps up to the the mic and he just does it. And you're like, I would never expect, I would have never expected it the first time we met because of your personality and the way you carry yourself. <laughs> but like you, it's like, yeah, it's it's. You know athletic. when people say that guy could sing a fucking recipe? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that guy could sing a fucking recipe, and you'd still. Love it. Pie crust apples, granulated sugar, brown sugar, flour, cinnamon, nutmeg, lemon egg. I don't know. Whatever. It's it's early. I'm not I'm not belting this. <laughs> I mean, you gotta be. Equipment needed for making a pie. Yes, he is. <laughs> Nine inch pie plate, rolling pin. I don't know. Amazing. I think Would we've. I, I think we've discovered your, your YouTube channel, just for the record. <laughs> oh, dude, that's a great idea. I'm, I'm Patrick sings recipes. I'm around. No, but it, but it is you a thing. You say I'm around. It is a thing, though, man. There's like no I feel like it. there's something in when you love the sound of words. Because that's the thing that, uh, that gets me. That's the thing that grabs me is the sound of words. And it's one of the reasons why I can... But by the way, it's the same for him. It's just different, coming from a different place. But, I, I, yep. but it is coming from a different place, and that's why, and that's one of the things that... I found early on, we weren't going to get there by discussing it. If I find, if I wait for the rhythm from him, because he doesn't mean to have rhythm. That's the thing that's so strange is that that he doesn't mean to have rhythm in the thing. So then I find these, these, these syncopations and I'm like, that's amazing. Like it's so, it's so when you're writing from a place of not, and that's, I've every so often there are things that work. And I ask people to, you know, and, and I, people ask me, you know, how, how do you do what you do or whatever? And I'm like, try this. I swear to God, try this. And no one wants to do it. And this is one of the things I've always said in songwriting is try writing the words first and not thinking about the, the music at all. Because, because, you know, you do this, we all do this thing when we're writing a song and you think about the melody and you kind of, you kind of start humming over the thing and you start, you know, you play around or whatever. And and you're going to put in words. Sometimes we have words that we go to as filler. Sometimes we have words we don't mean to go to, but yep. whatever. Natural intonation games, yeah. all that stuff. And it's cool. And you get some interesting things that way. But the way that, the way that Pete writes, I would totally freely tell anybody to try and write that way. Just write your thoughts. I don't know, P. I don't know, because you know one of my favorite <laughs> songs on here is Fake Out, right? Mm. And I think... Take nine... Cut through the darkness, castle temperate wine. But I made no plans, and none can be broken. Remember us just like this forever. Actually, it does fucking work, you know. <laughs> no, but that's that I can't. Kind of, that was kind of tight. There was like a was, there was like a Dylan ish yeah, yeah, vibe yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, it but 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 my point being that like you, no one can just do that. Sh- like I'm reading this like. Love is in the air. I just got to figure out a window to break out. Like, yeah. how the f*** do you get that in a song without mm. taking up at least eight bars? Mm. Like, it's... I know... By the way, fully aware that we are in absolute major nerd out mode. Yeah, no, sh- but we the should go- be. But the good news is, is that if you're as big a Fallout Boy fan as I am, this is f- 
fucking gold dust. This is heaven, <laughs> Iowa, right now. So, so you know, for, so so for so for me, it's like whatever the fuck ever. Like the way it works for you two, it's just entirely unique. We we were we were texting each other the other day. Like it's weird sometimes being us because we're we're really similar dudes, completely wildly different dudes. You know what I mean? And and um and every so often you look at each other and you're like. If we were one guy, you know, like that'd be like a, that'd be an incredible dude. I was <laughs> thinking the same thing about 20 minutes ago. I was like, you're sort of the perfect one person. Yeah. But, totally. but, but here's the thing about one person who has both of these abilities in equal measure. They'll go crazy. Go crazy. Easily. Yeah. No question. And I think that's one of the things that you'd never be able to switch it off. Yeah. And I think it's great because we, we kind of catch each other. There's been times where both of us have been kind of off a little bit and you, and you have somebody else to be like, to be like, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Don't do sugar again. You know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the two of you as a writing team is incredible. You could, there was no fallout boy without Andy and Joe, but I want to ask you like, okay, so we've had conversations together multiple times. I mean, this is, we've been doing this for 20 odd years. What is fallout? What is the fallout boy experience for them? Because I never see them. Mm. <laughs> we, never, we never talk. Mm. I don't take it personally. This happens a lot in the arts. Some people just don't do it for that reason. I think that our issue um, will tend to be more like it's. It started with, and I would assume that all bands are like this. When we do photo shoots, we literally would have to swap heads because someone's eyes would always be closed. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like it's like probably when you have your kids or whatever. Like yeah, you yeah. can't like getting four people is like time. it's impossible. <laughs> it's very difficult. I think to interview the four of us we're like we everybody's talking and talking over each other and and it really makes sense in our van and in the bus because like that's just how we we it's kind of like an ever going conversation where it goes to marvel movies into music and into music and hardcore bands into yeah. you know whatever and it's yeah. just like a it's like a, a group chat but we say it out loud to each other or whatever yeah. you know um why wouldn't that be fun for me it might be fun for you. I think you're the. I, I think yeah, you're the guy who could. You could break. You could wrangle. You could break this stallion. I yeah, think. Yeah, because you know what? I would talk over all of you at the same time, so yeah. it would be exactly. No, the it's same. great. Yeah. I, I I agree with that because I feel like that was one of the things when we used to do interviews and they would have all four of us. It would be. It, it was fun, but it was chaos. I mean, but I wonder sort of like, okay, if they don't have this part of the job, and I'm sure there's other things that they don't do that you do, like writing lyrics necessarily. Maybe they do at times, I don't know. But I mean, primarily, we know, we know you as the lyric writer, you as the melody and, 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 this, and, the, and the musician who puts everything together with that. It's a band. Right. What is it to them? You, you can look back at their experience just a little bit. Totally. What is Fall Out Boy for them? I think that at least from Fall Out Boy... 2.0 like when we came back after the break it was interesting to see all of us as I cut you took a break okay all, now all of us as adults you know like so everybody's got kids everybody has you know a mortgage uh well andy doesn't have kids but every mm. you know he's got three chihuahuas or you know i don't know <laughs> uh but it was interesting to see everybody as an adult and everybody had kind of like filled in areas that were blank previously because we you know lived in a van for you know eight years straight or lived in a bus you know on a suitcases so there's parts of your life that were blank you know what i mean like and you never filled in because they weren't necessary to promote the music yeah. or to you know they weren't a part of it so like everybody kind of filled those areas in and for me at least i think it was cool to see everybody like i was like oh this is like Andy's not like the guy that we drew snakes on each other's necks, to, you know, or whatever. He's like grown. He's like a man now. You know what I mean? He you has could like, see a future yeah. of, of maturity for, for everybody. To, yeah. and, and, and the band still is relevant. Totally. Yeah. And I think that Joe, on this record, he really stepped up and wrote. Yeah, Joe, it was interesting because that's another thing. Joe, Joe is a is kind of a, a conundrum, right? Because he's this, he's this really talented, I mean, he's a, he's a brilliant writer, brilliant player, but Pete and I became the, the team and it wasn't really a plan. It just kind of, that's just kind of how it happened. Right. And then we come back after like, it's weird. Cause the break, it wasn't that long a break or whatever, but for some reason it's this like flashpoint for the band. Right. We come back and we're like, okay, probably well, the note we put on the internet that was like, we're taking a break. We're, we don't know if we'll be back. I it's bet. so funny, man, because I, I, I say the same thing to every one of my friends who's in a band who is an artist who does that. I'm like, don't do that. No, and, and the thing <laughs> Not was, necessary. I didn't necessary. Not necessary. Well, Life goes on, man. I didn't say it. No, it was just in interviews. Cause we, 
we didn't we we didn't really have a plan. We didn't yeah, clear yeah. it with each other. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's but, yeah, that's fair. But um, you come back from the flash. You come point. back from the thing, and Joe is this like fully formed writer with a with a very distinct. I mean, he has one of the most distinctive writing voices. When I hear his parts, when I hear his ideas, I would I I could pick him out of a crowd. Like I know the way Joe writes. It's and it's very it's very Joe right. And um, then we had to kind of retrofit and figure out how to bring him into it. Cause it's like now, now, you know, all the egos are, are, are cooled. Everybody is like, fr- you know, friends again and really whatever. But now we have to figure out creatively how you incorporate we were friends for a little bit. We were, I don't know. I thought, I thought Jesus. we were cool. And then you, Jesus. you know, we might need that Metallica therapist. No, no, no. But I feel like the, I feel like the, <laughs> look, we didn't talk very much during that, kidding. during that break. It wasn't not, it wasn't not friends, but like, I was just kidding. Better. No, but I, but I, you know, people, the, the people, the people want to know. <laughs> But, um, but my life had blo- at, during that time my life had blown up completely you know like I got divorced realized I didn't really like how famous I was didn't like love who I was would go like I, I started you know like I'd fly without the band and I'd be like how do you even get through the airport because I just follow a fucking backpack through the a security guys backpack through the airport so I don't even really like so like I'd atrophied basic yeah Arrested development. Well, yeah, it and was. Like stuff I just yeah. didn't even get because you didn't you you didn't need it. You know what I mean? So and also you were coming out of a heady time. Like people got to remember when you guys were around and successful for the first time, that was like a 4.0 Sunset Strip experience. Yeah, totally. it was. Why it's totally. weird to like look totally. back on now. That was Dark Tower paparazzi. Sh- no, totally. it was so uh, paparazzi um, broke down uh, Neil's gate to his house when we were working on yeah. Foley. Like it was like that degree of like chaos. Of, yeah, like, and by the way, how the f- do you know what's going to happen? So here we go. Hey, we're ambitious. Oh, sh- it's kind of working. Oh, sh- we work with the right person. Oh, sh- we have a hit. Oh, sh- hits matter in this era of like, here comes social media. Before that, here's the paparazzi. They feed the media. Mm. Oh, sh- I'm really successful. Oh, sh- I really like this girl. She's famous. Oh, sh- shit. The next thing you know, oh, sh- totally. <laughs> and I think that like, so for me, I needed to take time to just like become a real person. You know what I mean? Like I didn't like, I didn't like any of that. St- I didn't like any of the things that the trappings that came with it. You know what I mean? Did you not like it for him or him? Because uh, I, I feel like you yeah. didn't want to know about it. I didn't. I hated all of it from like the word go. Because the thing was for me, all of it took away. I, this is this sounds so cliche, but, but it is very earnest for me is the only reason I'm here is music. That's, yeah, that's what I want to do. I don't care about any of the rest of it. Yeah. Literally. That's none actually, of the rest ironically, of it. not the cliche. The cliche is the other, but I'm saying, but I feel like people say that, yeah. but I mean, I, I, I genuinely, I just enjoy the making of it. I don't even, I, there are, there is a great joy to playing a show and having people respond to it. That is not even the thing that gets me. I, I like the creating of, of music. I, I have to be in a studio and I have to be working. And the, the thing, the like, you know, the, you, you'd have to go to this party or this meeting or this thing. It all started, this photo shoot every day. It was like, you know, I want to be in a studio. I want to be working. I want to be composing. That's what I, that's what I get up for. And, and I couldn't do, I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do all the other stuff. I couldn't do all the like, you know, the lights and the thing and the red carpet and the Pete got thrown into it. I, I think it's weird watching it from the outside. And then you, what you asked, it was really upsetting actually, because I feel like Pete is an interesting dude, you know, whatever you talked about me singing, I'll talk about you. Pete's an interesting person and always was. And that's not always a thing that you choose, right? That's not always a put on, right? Pete walks into a room when he's having a good day or a bad day and people look at him, right? And it's one of these things that you, you, so then all of a sudden you have all this attention on you and, and it's like, you have two choices. Either you embrace it or you reject it. If you embrace it, it's like, Oh, look at this guy. If you reject it, it's like, Oh, this guy, you know? So there's really no right answer and all of it sucks. And we were like in the depths of that. We're like everywhere we went, it was like this whole thing, right? Everything was a thing. And like, I don't know. And, and, and I was like, 
I, man, I just, I'm just here to sing some stuff and play some instruments. Like this oh, is, wow. this, this is, is like so beyond, I didn't sign up for this, you know? And, and you got to think that at this point also music became four on the floor dance music. That's mm-hmm. like, or like pop music. It was yeah. very, but, but, but you can exist in that world. I'm not worried about that. I mean, you guys make dance records. Uh, it, that's, mm. and also you, you're, ex- and people know this now, I would have, I would have said maybe, Five to eight years ago, the biggest trick Fall Out Boy played on anybody is that you're not one of the most innovative, <laughs> forward-thinking bands on the planet. I think everybody knows that now. Maybe. I think you've done enough. Yeah, I think everybody knows that now. So that's not the thing. I just want to credit you for a second for beautifully and eloquently describing what everybody got wrong, which is that you broke a f- my heart. It yeah. broke my heart to watch people say that stuff because yeah. I'm like, because he doesn't. It's look, like I said, there are days where he chooses it. It's not. A, it wasn't always a choice. And when it's not always, and then you don't get to turn it off either. When you're when you're famous, when that when that bell lights off, that's it, and you're stuck with it. And so everywhere we went for like a few years, it was like. And I was going to say, you know, you can't get through that wall. Once that wall surrounds him, how f- are you going to get through to your buddy? And and, and he would reach out. Because by the way, at that time you're probably high yeah. as well. Yeah, for sure. Because you're like distraction, distraction. What the f- do I have to do to even just survive this? Sh-? For sure. So I mean, I can't imagine how hard it was for you and the guys to have to deal with that. It time. sucked. It it super sucked because it was one of those things where I feel like a uh, part of my role is to like tell his story. That's what I'm. I'm, I'm a composer. That's what I like to do. I where I work in movies and I work on shows and I work on Pete. Right, like Pete tells you know has a story that needs music and if he's removed from himself you know i mean if he's not even able to access himself because he's behind all of this stuff what story can you i don't have a story yeah so so not only was i not only did i not have my buddy like which was heartbreaking in its own way but then i also don't have a purpose as a as an artist you know i mean like that was that was rough (laughs) you know like like, cause, cause like I said, that's, that's like, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning, you know, to like do a thing back to this record. I mean, it was like, these were lyrics that got me out of bed. That was like the whole thing, you know? And that's what this album sounds like to me is it sounds like the beginning of the rest of your journey. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's like, it just, man, it, it, it just takes no fucking prisoners. And it's just so full of ideas and so full of emotions and so full of performance and everyone's just fighting to just, oh, we're going to fucking kick down every wall in front of us. Well, and then, and back to your, you know, your point about Joe and Andy too. A- Andy's, Andy's always kind of in, you know, Andy's always, Andy is very, he's consummate. His drums are ripping on the record. They're ripping! amazing. But I'm saying, but Andy, Andy shows up, Andy's ready to play. Andy likes playing, so he's happy to play, but like... When you get that guy happy to play, <laughs> when you like, when you give him a thing and he's like amped yeah, to play, yeah, it's yeah. this other level. Yeah. And, and Troman, it was like, he, there are these moments on the record where he got, he got so excited and it's, it's different when everybody, uh, Sidney Lumet said about filmmaking that, that the biggest compliment filmmakers can give each other when they're working together is we're making the same movie. Right. And that's, that's what it felt like is that we all, all of a sudden we're making the same record, you know? And, and that's this thing that like, you can't bottle that. I'm not a person that is very proud of things. That's not the way I operate. I'm really proud of this record. Oh, you should be. It's incredible. And and by the way, it, it sort of touches on all of the things that only you can do. Like, there isn't a band on the planet that can take on Earth, Wind, and Fire like you did um, on, on what a time to be that alive. Was, that was a hard sell, by the way. That was a, that was a, a Patrick special. I had to I had to bring everybody along, for, mean, kicking and screaming for that one at first. Oh, it's so fucking good though, because because you haven't felt that good listening to a song for a long time. It's like it's unashamedly like, oh right. And, and by the way, and I know the sting in the tail on that song. Yeah, yeah. I know it's not yeah, yeah. just September. I know that there's a lot of you know we're streaming the apocalypse. Yeah. I get it. But also Patrick sent me that song in like to me the most bleak moment of the pandemic so it was interesting no, because- i sent you that song before the pandemic oh. you th- rem- remember that was that's the thing that's so crazy about that song is that so before the pandemic. so it was, the song it was like is, a dark moment i feel song, like you said it, maybe i was listening to it during the pandemic it was it was there were there were a couple other dark things that happened in the world before covid Facts. it wasn't just covid it. so Facts. so but um i sent you the beginning of that song then and it was weird because as we're working on that that was one of the things that was so brutal about that song as we're working on that song yeah 
more and more bad things happen. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and then and then all of a sudden we're in the, we're in quarantine and you're like I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. here we are now. Yeah. It was yeah. interesting to like listen to that in your house when you're like, oh, only one person can go to the grocery store right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even in its finished uh, framework, is in its finished body, it's doom dancing. I mean, that's what you do. You doom dance. I wanted, I, mean, I, I wanted like to write boys always doom dancing. <laughs> totally. I wanted to write the saddest, most desperate song that you could hear at a wedding. <laughs> and then make people dance at it. <laughs> exactly. It's so twisted. How's the rest of your life? I mean, how does how does life work now that you do all have families and you're all mature and you're all figuring out like how you want to... You need space to learn. <clears throat> As you get older, you need space. Inter- internal space and external space to actually keep growing. Otherwise, to your point, it just becomes, it comes rote, right? Yeah, that was, that was the thing that I was worried about is because you can just make records to make records, you know? And, and I didn't, I didn't want I don't ever want to do that again. I think that's the thing is that I was like, I hit Oh, again, p- when did you do that at all? No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying like, no, we didn't, we didn't ever do that, but I'm saying I don't ever want to, f- yeah, well, you know what? We always show up. We've always showed up and always done what we're, what we intend to do. But there is an element of, you know, management and label being like, Hey, so is there a record, you know, and, and there's that kind of momentum behind you. I'm never going to let that be wind in my sails again. I want to, I want to let it come from this thing because Sorry, that wasn't your question. This is not related to your question at all. Doesn't matter. I don't but, think that way. But but I like him. I just I think I don't think linear do. Yeah, yeah. I didn't um, even prepare a question. We're on different timelines. This is we're watching Loki right now. Yeah, I wanted to. I, that was a whole thing with this record. Is that like I just I'm not doing that. Not with this. You know, like and it's there's something about the stuff we've done in the interim. You know, um, Joe's been working on uh, writing for for TV and stuff, and he wrote his book, and and I've been scoring. I've been doing. Uh, you know, I've been composing for film and TV for yep. like eight years or whatever. That there are deadlines in that. There's work in that. Yeah. There's notes in that. You're and on the job, and and it's rewarding and great. But it made me see the way that this needs to not be anything like that. There's something special about this that can't be you know notes. Like this has to be passionate and art, full yeah. purpose. Yeah, full purpose. You know, you talked about the cyclical environment that music tends to exist in and even in this world where it's timeline based and the cycle is constantly moving it's not like we could shift it like we used to 20 years ago (laughs) we're shifting it six inches that way Mm. it's dance Mm. you know it's it's everything all the time yeah which is great news because now you go when we were young festival you've got these things that are saying hey yeah there's there's fuel in the in the tank with these bands we used to always like fallout boy i think we had a lot of like you know we were super into metal we were into reggae we were into ska we were into these certain movies and all this stuff and so like the the everything everywhere really benefits a band like us because we've always restrained that stuff yeah when we bring it into things people are like why do you want jay-z on a record you know or whatever you know which is an insane question to ask anybody you know but like (laughs) but but, but, but at the same time jay-z now is the same question but jay-z back then when he was at his height as an mc people wanted to keep the genre separate totally yeah and it's weird looking back on that i mean the advent of record stores and you used to have you know sections and this was the section of the record store where you would find the rock records and this was the section where you find the hip-hop records and this was the section where you and and the, all of that melted away, and um, I think we had the blind luck of being. Dude, we be- would play. We would play like not to step over you. No, no. We play like radio shows, right? So we play like a modern rock radio show, and we're the only band not selling a black T-shirt, and they're like. Who's this band? And then we played like the jingle balls, like the the pop ones, and we're like fucking Slayer. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like it's like yeah. a it's a it was always a very interesting existence. No, yeah, and yeah. and the thing that was weird about it was because to the point about the restraint, that's been a thing that was always there from the beginning. That I think um, wait, what restraint? I don't the, the, the kind of, we were. I I wasn't trying <laughs> when did to that would factor into <laughs> your, yeah. your fucking well, architecture. I wasn't trying to sing. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. Right. Um, and the first, the first couple records, I was really scared of, of it because there was kind of a blueprint of like how pop punk and emo bands sang. Uh, I'm glad you're going right? here because I was about to go yeah. here too. Go and I was, there. so I was scared. So I kind of, they kind of had to pull me out a little bit. Like, so there's, it's the silliest little moment, but Saturday, Saturday is a funny song for us. It's a song on our, on Take This to Your Grave, yeah, like yeah. first record. Um, and it's this little little song, but there's a couple moments on it that I was so 
it's weird looking back now how terrified I was of it. There's a little breakdown before the chorus that's kind of a hip hop beat and it's really small and I don't think anyone would even track it as a hip hop beat now. But at the time I was like, it's not, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, I'm, well, I'm going to be hood. Yeah. And I was really scared. I was scared that, that you know, this wasn't going to be cool. Everyone was going to be mad at me for, for letting it out. And then I do this, I hit, I hit this falsetto note at, in the song and that I was like, you know, I did it once in rehearsal and I was like, Oh, I gotta, you know, I don't want to, I, I shouldn't have done that. And everyone's like, no, 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 do it, do it. And so there was a lot of, a lot of it was them. It was all of us letting each other kind of like, no, it's okay. We don't have to do the thing. We don't have to be. Yeah. But when you did that, right. People realize, well, they're not playing in our sandbox. They're not dumbing down their abilities or just playing to their abilities because they don't have that ability. They're, they're pushing the buttons they were given and not apologizing for it. And from there we get, Panic, Kim's. It all starts to build on top of this, like, fuck apologizing for what we do. This is what we do. And I do trace it back to a moment like that because you did start a train. Don't you you <laughs> do know that, right? I, I'm too scared to do that on purpose, but yeah. <laughs> but you do know that looking back on it, that I'm going to fucking say, you ready for this? Oof. Uh oh. You're the emo blueprint. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. You are, in a way. And I say that without any sense of irony or sarcasm or, or, or judgment. I mean, that is a beloved fucking thing. Yeah. Like, people love emotion in music. You yeah. can shorten it and call you what you want, wear what you want, market how it you want. Right. But you guys came out and went, we are unapologetically emotional, not only in our words, but in our delivery. That was Pete. I don't think we could have done that without him because I feel like we, I feel like especially then, um, like, you know, I was, Joe and I were like little kids, you know, <laughs> and like, and I was very scared. You know, I couldn't even, you know, t talk on stage or anything. I yeah. couldn't, you know, I remember interviewing yeah. you in the early days and it was, I felt like every time I asked you a question, I was bullying you. Yeah, no, it was horrifying, <laughs> man. I, I'm not, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what, what was it that man, you know, no, but um, oh, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, the late great Mark Lanigan said that to me once. I was talking to Josh Homme at this particular tone. I said, what about you, Mark? He went, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, we wear it. We were very scared and somehow Pete had like the right kind of confidence and like resolve. And so like we would go in and, you know, it, cause it, I don't think, you know, it, it, in another life where I didn't have a Pete, if I wrote a song, cause I, cause sa Saturday I, I wrote most of that by my, I did write yeah. most of that by myself. Yeah. Right. So there's a, there's a world where that song exists without the band. There's no world where where I sing it in front of people, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it, it, without Pete, because I feel like it was, it was so much of the like, cause I don't know what it was or if that was just you and you just felt, and you just felt comfortable or if there was like a fire under your ass, like, no, we're, no, I'm going to do this. And I remember the moment for me was arms race. The day that my producer came in and said, fall out boy are back and played, I am an arms dealer. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, what are we actually listening to right now? Like, wh what do we even call this? Yeah. Like, I'm used to, like, you know, the whole... <laughs> you know, like, oh, man, everyone's hitting the right notes. Not that. I'm not, I'm not fucking expecting that. And then I get to the lyrics, and I'm like, oh, Pete's going off. Like, Pete is just on the whole fucking thing. Yeah. He's, trying to, he's trying to blow it up. Yeah. I think that after Take This to Your Grave, we kind of made a decision. I don't even know if we really talked about it, but we decided like we're gonna we're gonna grow on every record. Like we're go we're not I think there was a chance where we could have made Take This to Your Grave part two. Yeah, but we, would, we wouldn't we would have, have had part sugar, three and then part four and then part five. We wouldn't be here. No, we right. wouldn't be here. And so we really leaned in and, and did make that decision. And that's where that birthed arms race, that birthed Uma Thurman. Yeah, I don't think light him up. Any of thanks stuff. for the memory. You know, because it was like when you're f when you're free from all that, you can discover all this other. Sh you know what I mean? Want. Yeah. And here's the good news. Guess who's calling you the next day? Jay Z is going. Oh, that song's <laughs> off the hook. <laughs> totally. I bet you we did. Or around that time, it was it was around that time. He's I calling up, going, "You guys are doing the right thing because you're not doing what everyone else is doing." 
Totally. I think I want to work with you. There's a, there's another <laughs> thing also like where, and I think I can't remember what comedian said this, but like when you're a famous comedian, they said you get one, one free minute on stage. So like you get one minute where you can just be totally bombing and you're so famous that it doesn't okay. really matter. It's okay, yeah. And that's like, I feel like the spirit of arms race and some of those songs was like, we got a free minute. We better like let it rip on this thing. You no, know what I mean? And back to that, back to that <laughs> like the, kinda... the Titanic or the moon. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but no. And, and back to that kind of anxiety you were talking about that kind of like, um, you know, you're still scared of getting fired, you know, even no matter say, what, this is the theme but, of the whole no, it yeah. is and every night before we put every time before we put out a record or we put out a song <laughs> i call the night before and i'm like i'm not sure we should be doing yeah, this. yeah. I, it, I waver i waver at the last minute that's very like before true save rock and roll and my songs i was like i'm not sure and then somehow i talk this dude down <laughs> um uh but but to that thing yeah there's there's a it, we did have a talk on cork tree because cork tree was the major label record and you know like a major label debut and again a lot of bands sink after that but i was like what if we don't what if we actually work where do we go and and i look back on it and it's kind of a quaint amount of change you know when i really think about it but at the time i was like you you kind of pushed you said at one point arms race is the most uh, i'm quoting jd but like is one of the most bizarre pop songs who said that uh our our friend john yeah Yeah, he he was like it is he he was like he's like that's the weirdest song to ever be on top top 10 you know what i mean no no no, i'm gonna go even a step further than jd then in that case i i think i think it like for the first 15 seconds the first time i heard that i was like is everyone in the same key (laughs) (laughs) yeah because it's like the bass is doing one thing you're singing another thing and then comes this guitar's like wow 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 i'm like yo they just can take four separate tracks and put them together like what the so from under the cork tree was big enough that we got asked to perform live at the amas you know yeah. so we're there in front of all these like <laughs> oh, yeah. famous people yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. like we're up there we have these giant people, you know? uh giant grasshoppers because they were on the album cover and we were like we need them for the live performance so these giant grasshoppers that make no fucking sense we're playing the song and it's like the moment in back to the future where he starts really <laughs> shredding and everyone's like I guess and he's like I guess you're not ready for that yet <laughs> you, literally it's it. like that it's t- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's it, amazing! It was. Do it, you remember who you saw in the crowd when you realized that didn't quite land the way I thought it was going to be? I feel like I remembered watching because Snoop had performed what "Drop It Like It's Hot." Yeah, yeah it was like that. And era. there were these ladies who. I think uh, to me, I was like, they look like they're not into music, but they were like doing his dance, whatever the right, dance right, was right, from right, the video. Right, right. And so I was like, they really are keyed into pop moments. I remember when we were playing, I was looking at them and they were either blank or aghast. You know what I mean? Like, just like, nah. I just remember the stage manager, the stage manager, we worked with him a few times. He was a good guy, but I remember the stage manager being like, lo- like looking over at us, like, what are you doing? Like the, <laughs> there's this moment. Cause we had the, cause we had the crickets up there and, and, Fucking crickets, yeah. man. And, and literally, By the way, of all the things you could put in a costume, a fucking cricket. No, but get this. So, so Pete had this idea. <laughs> it's just no, no, no. There's stage prop. There were like giant oh, crickets, giant crickets, just and on so, a stage. So we were gonna walk out to the sound of literal crickets. That would have right? cost like Dude. a quarter of a million dollars. So, as well, right? so <laughs> ridiculous. Can you imagine Love being a, <laughs> so ridiculous? Can you imagine being the producers on that show and and the and artist like, telling you, okay, so we want you we say, want literal dead air with crickets? Did they say crickets? And so we walk out. We walk out. Don't even know what a cricket is. And the and the 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 producer, you know, we're, we're doing the show, or whatever. And and I look over at the producer, and he was like, just he, you know, he turned white. He's like, I'm gonna get fired for this. You, know? epic. you keep giving us these great moments, right? Oh, we got a song. How many times we hung out? And it's like we got a song. Where's the album? It's like, oh, we just got a song, right? You know, oh, we're going on tour. Yeah, cool. We got an album. No, we're just going on tour. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we know you, and we continue to know you. So we don't take this for granted. And um. And just as an existence, but people, I think it should all be events. You know what I mean? Like I really think when, when you put an album out, it should be an event. It shouldn't just be like, eh, if this one misses, we're going to drop another one in six months to me for our band. You know what I mean? Like I want it to be solid. You know what I mean? It's amazing because that, I think solid, that's the thing. Solid. You think this is solid, but that's you know, I use thing. solid as the closest thing to being unhappy in my life. <laughs> I go, solid. it's solid. Solid. So it's, I'm not unhappy. It's solid. This is not a, solid album thanks this is a crazy i think the thing that works about it exactly what pete just said like there's there's a magic to it where where you're trying to make events and i'm trying to like i'm like if this is the last one we ever do you know before they before they fire me you know like so so it's like the combination of that like you know that like pressure on both sides you know i just um 
whatever it is, you may never fully understand it. And we may never get to the bottom of it, no matter how many hours we spend talking about it. But when we hear it, it's in full evidence. And it really is on this album. And there's so much going on here that we're that people are going to love. And, you know, the whole Fuel by Ryman thing just makes total sense. Everything just yeah. feels right for the future. And that's the thing I'm most excited about for you is that I think, you know, okay, we know what it feels like to play an open-air stadium again. That was fun. Okay, we now have arguably our biggest, most cohesive, ambitious-sounding album for a very long time done. That's fun. Oh, we're on a label now that is a legacy label, and no one's going to call time on us at Ramen. So that's cool. <laughs> Dude, it was so interesting before we... You sort of built a perfect environment for yourself. You know? so, yeah, before we re-signed with Fuel by uh, Johnny Minardi, a guy that we've known for 20 years who was you know, from the same little scene as us, he, he would like text me you know, once a week, once every two weeks, he was like, you guys out of your deal? You, you want to go have lunch? Do you want to, is, is Patrick, Smart. you know, and Smart. it's, it's cool to be back at that home again. It, uh, it's, it's also really weird when we say, I don't know how to quantify it for people, but like Johnny was at like, you know, when we would play like a, this, you know, coffee place, you know, like we were like, well, what's like, beautiful about the fact that he's reaching out to you now? He still cares after still that. Yeah. cares yeah. he's still thinking about how can i get closer to totally. the guys how totally. can i get back in their world it's also cool epic. that he's just reaching out i remember in, we were talking about the times in like 2010 or whatever where it was like heady times i was trying to be an adult again i actually texted my manager and was like do people still email each other because i just wasn't getting any f-ing emails <laughs> and he was like yeah i think maybe they don't you know <laughs> oh, so that's, about it. <laughs> that's maybe the saddest question anybody could ever ask anybody at that oh, point in their sad, life man is anybody do, do, do friends mean, still play together hey um, is that a thing that they so, still do this is a weird question but was there like a global outrage on the email <laughs> server over the last i don't know six months <laughs> have you gotten like zero emails or is it just me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah man Love you guys. Thanks for thanks for thanks for over delivering. Thanks, man. It's it's cool to dig in deep with you. Yeah, good it's to fun. see you. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's continue. We're still here. Make sure you follow the Zane Lowe interview series to hear more conversations like that one that just took place with Patrick Stump and Pete Wentz. And guess what? Zane will be back next week. Take care.